Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Top five Michigan State candidates. And honestly, Smokey, this list could have been 10. I didn't. I had left off Pat Shermer. No, we're not giving you I that left off, Yeah, I mean, I left off a lot of guys. Pat There's Shermer, a reason it's tough house. Yeah. Pat Shermer would have been one I would have put on there. There's like four other guys you could throw on this list because I really... Is Narduzzi on there? No, I didn't put him on there. Okay. I did not. I did not put him on there. Um, and he would have been, you know, in the 10. I, I think these five for certain reasons. Number five, Matt Campbell. There's clearly some frustration going on at Iowa State that we haven't seen before. Now, granted, he had an offseason from hell, losing his starting quarterback, his starting running back. This whole uh, gambling issue that they had is, you know, uh, is kind of unprecedented in that, that this is going to start popping up more and more in college athletics. And uh, the state of Iowa just moves faster on it than any other state. And so he's had to deal with that. He's had to deal with some... He's had raised expectations at Iowa State that they have not been able to meet. And if Michigan State can look past some of the results on the field a couple of years and see a coach that's a, a good program builder, then Matt Campbell fits the Big Ten, he fits Michigan State, and he coaches the kind of football that Michigan State tends to lean towards. Yeah, he's a, a good coach that's in a rough spot right now with just what's all been going on now for the last couple of years. Um, but I don't think he's forgotten how to coach. I think that maybe – is he maxed out in Ames, Iowa? Is it just a string of bad luck? I don't know. I don't know what you want to point it to, but uh, he's obviously been mentioned for a lot of big jobs in the past. It seems inevitable that at some point he will make the jump. But is he as sexy of a name now? Like, would that be yeah. enough to, like, Michigan State fans go, ooh, Matt Campbell. If you had done that about three years ago, he'd be like, oh, heck, yeah. You do it now, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I guess it would depend on your options. But I could certainly see his name being brought up in the conversation for uh, a multitude of reasons. Number four, Jason Candle, who's at Toledo. Uh, this is an up-and-coming guy. And kind of surprised – well, I guess I'm not because I thought that – they would that USF. I thought he was going to get the USF job, but they went with Alex Golish, uh, which I'll, I think also what you saw last week. Alex Golish can coach. He can. He figured out yeah. a way to keep Alabama in the mud last week, yeah. and that's not even his real style of coaching. So uh, they did a good job there. But Jason Candle, another guy who I think is prime for a big job. He's done a good job at Toledo. He's there in the Midwest, so he knows the recruiting territory pretty well, uh, if not fantastically. But that is the you know maybe pull him up from another level uh, higher there with Jason Candle. Well, he also followed Matt Campbell yeah. uh, at Toledo, right? So mm -hmm. he, he, was, uh, he was accustomed to, uh, to following Matt Campbell, so he now follows him on this list. So yeah. that's nice how that worked out there. But, yeah, he's a, he's a name that I've seen thrown around for these coaching searches. Uh, don't know him as well as, like, some of the other candidates that will be mentioned, but I've definitely seen his name brought up quite a bit, and I uh, need to look more into him. Uh, yeah. Nick Saban happened to coach one year at Toledo. Yeah. Gary Pinkle coached almost a decade. Nick Saban me. also coached at Michigan State. And then Matt so, Campbell, yeah. yeah. Um, number three, Sean Lewis. 
Uh, if you want the let's go out of the box in the Big Ten, and look, there are multiple schools going to the wide open offense, and this guy was a head coach at Kent State just a year ago and is now uh, part of Dion's resurgence at Colorado. I would think that Michigan State, uh, because they're the first major job to have an opening, uh, would have an inside track at getting uh, to someone like Sean Lewis. Although, I don't know, even being the change office coordinator head coach, I might want to ride the Dion train just a little bit longer than a year. Yeah, I mean, he's been a head coach. I mean, yeah. that's what he was doing. But was it enough experience that you're like, yes, that'll be the guy that takes over Michigan State as a program? Yeah. I don't know. It might be a little bit too much. Uh, and there might just be enough other quality candidates that you still have in front of him based on what we've seen at this point. But, yeah, I mean, if you're Sean Lewis, uh, I think you can you can be picky uh, with what your next move is because you are red hot right now. And it seems to be that that will remain the case throughout the season. I don't think the offense is going to be what ultimately ails the Buffaloes. So I think that that will be uh, a constant throughout. And uh, he should remain a hot name. But, yeah, where does he rank experience-wise and, and all sorts of other categories compared to others? I don't know. But he's definitely a name we're going to hear a lot about during carousels because of already what they've done in the first month at Colorado. Yeah, no, it, he came from a head coaching job at a school that's had pretty good history, Kent State, to become an offensive coordinator. I don't think he just did that for a one-year run. I think he wants to see how this goes for a couple of years. But what is Shadur Sanders' eligibility? He can go to the NFL he next year. That's what I thought. That, uh, yeah, I, There's actually a video out with Dion right now. He's at a Denver Broncos game, and it's Shiloh and Shadur in the press box, and he gets into a conversation with them where he basically tells them they're not allowed to go to the NFL next year. Um, and I forget what the gist of it was. I think it was because of, uh, I, I think, I don't know. I forget what the, the exact reasoning was. It was like a jokey thing, but, um, you know, he, their, their, the look on their faces was like, what do you mean? Cause he's like power ranking his kids, which is very yeah. funny. It's yeah. been out there and Shadur after those two games was fifth. And I think Rich Eisen asked him, he's like, look, he just had the best game. You know, he threw for 500 yards in this game, and he's fifth, and he's like, yeah, because he might up and leave me next year and go to the NFL. So that's why Shadur is fifth in spite of being the second hey, Shiloh jumped up a couple of notches yeah. with that pick. They don't win that game without Shiloh the other yeah. night. Shiloh made a couple of huge plays yep. at the, the right time to keep them, you know, in a position to be able to make that game what it was. Yeah, without Shiloh, it, Shadur doesn't have the big, you know, send-off there at the end, but – uh, yeah, Sean Lewis is a red-hot name we're going to hear tons more about, but th there was a cool little bit. I forget the exact context, but he was basically telling them, like, you're not going anywhere, yeah. um, and, you know, we'll see because they had a, are you kidding me, look on yeah. their face. So that'll be an interesting decision coming up here in a few months. Yeah. Number two, Jonathan Smith. Uh, look, he's at his alma mater, and they're doing great right now. Oregon State and Washington State uh, might wind up being one of the best games of the week in the Left Behind Bowl. Yep. And look, I, I could have put Jake Dykert on this list in the same spot just the same way because these are guys that now, depending on what happens with Oregon State and how much money they're going to have available to pump through the program in the next couple of years. Look, I don't think any of these co – like no coaches really, you know, really want to leave a place that they like. You know, sometimes you get – kind of tempted into doing it but Jonathan Smith's an alma mater he's got them going better than they have in a long long time and, and consistently better uh, and he's an excellent coach I just wonder can Michigan State can clearly especially if they get out from paying the 79 million dollars they owe Mel Tucker for firing for cause will have money to burn when they're hiring their coach and this is someone who I think could shake up the Big Ten as well yeah uh, this Jonathan, I, I, that is such a great story. Won the Pac-12, and they took a beating for months, but self-inflicted. But Jonathan Smith at Oregon State and what they're doing at Washington State, that is 
I'm so happy for them. I really am. That doesn't mean anything's going to be part of their future. They're not going to be. I just, I'm just happy they both reacted and have played well, and they were supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, I'm happy for them too. I just hope that they keep it up, and I think that there's every reason to believe that they can. Um, but you know, I think he's a an underrated guy in the grand scheme of things. I don't know, you know, though how much the conversation generally brings him up. But I do think that just in passing, when I see he's mentioned occasionally, you know, in certain ways, but yeah. still probably not enough for what they've done at Oregon State. Uh, he's a he's a great coach. Uh, they're a fun program to watch. Um, and I'm super excited about what they've got the rest of the way because I think they're going to keep making a lot of noise. And I, I, do, I don't know, you know, how he stacks up in, you know, Michigan State interest, you know, his interest in them or their interest and vice versa. But I think any coaching job that comes up where, in theory, he could see a step up, his name deserves to be brought up by, by or at least looked into by just about everybody because I think he's the real deal. If you have an opening in college football, and you don't at least figure out whether or not he's interested or could there be interest, and you, you, you're you not doing your job. Yeah, absolutely. And number one, Mike Elko. Look, this is maybe too perfect of a fit in that you look at the way that Michigan State really likes to hire coaches, defensive guys, guys that like to play that hard-nosed football. Well, that's what Mike Elko is. Now, that's a little old-school Big Ten. They're, they're about to have, you know, they're about to have 18 teams coming in here, uh, and all of the teams that they have coming in are not going to run that same kind of old-school Big Ten thing. So that the only thing that would dissuade me from hiring a Mike Elko is if, you know, I want to maybe go the Jonathan Smith, Sean Lewis route when it comes to that style of football. But, I mean, look, there's been no more Big Ten-ish type coach in the last, especially old-school Big Ten, that's popped up that could fit more than Mike Elko and what he's doing at Duke the last couple of years. UT Parking, with USC and UCLA joining the crowded Big Ten, why is Michigan State a job that makes it even attractive? Other than money, I don't see the appeal. And, of course, I didn't read the last part. I responded with money. But then if you win there, then your options open up even further of what you can do and, yet again, more money. But UT Parking, good point. Yeah, look, they're, they are they're not the – you know, if you go through the top ten programs that have – been consistently successful. I mean, they've they've always been good. They've had a couple of really good years. They've never been great, great. You know, Michigan has, Ohio State has, Penn State has, uh, and then you've got programs coming in like USC that have in Washington who have had great seasons and won national titles. So yeah, it's and the new Big Ten. It's going to be one of those ones in the in the middle of the pack uh, as as far as prestige goes, but. You're still going to be in the Big Ten. University's going to have a ton of resources. And if you have the right guy, then the middle of the pack probably doesn't seem like it did a long time ago. I mean, yeah, it's daunting, but uh, I'm not just caving to UCLA. Yeah. Like, they're just going to automatically be no, better I, than I, me. I, I, I didn't even include them. I'm not my, even yeah. including you. I'm just yeah. saying in general. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think that you just automatically put them in the middle of the pack just de facto. I mean, right now, based on what we've seen, sure. But I don't think that they're just necessarily right away behind all of the new entrance coming out of the Pac-12 I can see where, where you see that but I don't know uh, Nick Saban thought it was a good enough job back in the day um, you know plenty of other coaches uh, have had success there and um, I, I realize it's not Ohio State or Michigan or whatever but I don't know I, I still think it's a top 30 to 40 job um, you know maybe there's NIL things or stuff like that that puts it in a different category and maybe I'm overrating it a little bit but I don't know I still think I mean it's in the Big Ten 
it's it's you've got money galore. You've got uh, you know rivalries galore. You've got a lot of things going for you. So yeah, it'd be a daunting task, but I think that's that's what you want out of a big time job. As good as D'Antonio did there, uh, he won Big Twelve, Big Ten titles in ten, thirteen, and fifteen. But that was it. And then they've been kind of not through a dry spell. They yeah. had the winning streak against Michigan and Harbaugh, which created a lot of anxiety for, I'm sure, Wolverines fans. But, yeah, they're they're kind of – they have to get this one right. They thought they had with Tucker. They must get this one right or they could just slip right into just being average. I will agree. It's not a destination job per se. It's not like the dream like you hear that brought up the same way as like Lincoln Riley going to USC or something along those lines. I think the biggest deterrent to it, though, is not even so much the new Big Ten and that because you're going to be swimming in money um, and you just make the right hire and you're right back there in the mix. But just as an athletic department, they feel like, uh, you know, it, it feels like there's a need to get some ducks in a row with uh, the couple scandals yeah, they've been they hit with cleansing. over the last few years. That yeah. yeah, you kind of just need to get that reset and then worry about the rest of it later. But I see where you're coming from. D'Antonio took the, the, the Spartans to 12 bowl games in 13 years. That's a hell of a run, more than they've ever done before. Of course, there's now more bowl games than ever before. Well, it'll be a fascinating opening. I mean, there's those five, and then there's plenty of other guys that are, you know, going to be in the mix as well, and there will be other jobs that are going to open up too. So, yeah, it's about time for these top fives to start mentioning coaching carousels, and Sparty's leading us off. So that'll be fascinating to see who they eventually go with. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.